Every parent knows the meaning of the term, the terrible twos. This is when a child begins to discover his or her autonomy. They usually manifest this with a very important word, no. Or in my case, it was me do it. I was so self-willed that my mother often made the joke that I was possessed and needed exorcism. Nonetheless, God writes straight with crooked lines. One day, I asked my parents about Jesus and why we weren't attending a church like my grandparents were. As you can imagine, they were a little taken aback. The end result, we ended up joining a local parish, and I was baptized into the Catholic faith at the age of five. I'm thinking of the scripture passage, Out of the mouth of babes you have fashioned praise to fool your enemies. The doctrine of original sin is not a theological abstraction. It is something we all feel, the gravitational pull on our desires that leads us to do things we would not ordinarily want to do. Think of it as the moments when we say no to God. Every child is proof that we were born in sin. No infant is an angel in disguise, though they might look the part. St. Augustine, who first defined the doctrine of original sin, gives the example of when he and his brother were still babies. He recounts how his sibling looked at him with envy when it was his turn to nurse. We see here that even in the soul of a tiny child, there existed the inclination to sin. While baptism does not wipe away our unruly desires— we are nonetheless mystically washed clean from the stain of original sin, and so configured to the person of Jesus Christ. To tie this theme in with today's feast, we become in the pattern of the Virgin Mary, a soul radiant with a divine likeness. By a marvelous dispensation of God's mercy, Mary was, spread, was spared even the inclination to sin. This meant that her every thought, word, and deed resulted from her perpetual adhesion to the good. In the opening collect of Mass, the Church has described this singular privilege as the consequence of the Passion of Christ. God foresaw the death of his Son before the birth of Jesus. This means that his most pure mother was already destined, or rather predisposed, to become the mother of God from the moment of her conception. Without the impulse to rebel against God, her will was utterly free in the way that you and I are not. When the angel Gabriel announced that Mary would conceive and bear a son, she did not receive the good news as something imposed on her. On the contrary, she accepted it as uh, with full consent so that the action of the Holy Spirit was at once the same as her fiat. This moment of synergy between the human and the divine reveals to us the mystery of God's unfathomable goodness. Utterly free and utterly virginal, the Virgin Mary's consent fulfills the purpose of man's creation as recounted in the book of Genesis. Already looking forward to the Incarnation, God formed Adam from the earth untilled, even as Christ's humanity was molded in the womb of the Virgin Mary. 
This means that the fall of man in the garden was not an obstacle to the divine plan. During the famous Easter blessing of the Paschal candle, the Church proclaims without shame, O truly necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ, O happy fault that earned for us so great, so glorious a Redeemer. Our parents' fatal deed in paradise anticipated the salvific moment in Calvary. As forbidden fruit was plucked from the tree, so life-giving blood was poured out for us from the wood of the cross. This same blood would have its origin in the Virgin Mary. In traditional iconography, there is an image very similar to the uppermost icon above our altar. The Mother of God is depicted with her, seat, with her son, seated in a large gold basin in the pattern of a chalice or a baptismal font. Streams of blood or water flow out from spigots and enrich the faithful who come to adore. As I mentioned earlier, the mystery of Christ's passion and the Immaculate Conception are inextricably linked. They complete each other as two links in a chain that span the whole of the liturgical year. Through the sacrament of baptism, we were adopted as sons and daughters of God, and by virtue of this privilege, we were given a mother. This mother is both Mary and the Church. She is our mother in the order of grace and the preeminent symbol of the Church. Christ himself has said, Whoever does the will of my Father is my brother, my sister, and my mother. As Mary conceived in her virgin womb, so may we give birth to Christ in our souls. Holy Communion makes this possible. Indeed, the very humanity of Christ, his soul and divinity, are joined to our souls, and this in much the same way as it was for Our Lady at the time of the Incarnation. This is the will of my Father, says the Lord, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Christ loves us. He desires to show us his mercy. Let us approach him then with confidence and trust. He alone can purify our minds and hearts and make us like his mother, a perfect model of himself. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Amen.